Father, we thank you tonight as we come before your holy word. Pray that you will speak to us, lead us into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So for the past two weeks, we've been on a journey on how to read and study the Bible. I think it's very important we treat this subject in our year of knowing Christ. You know, last week I was going to do something, but I forgot, so let me do this now. Please get this book, okay? I have mentioned this book a lot of times, especially when I was doing um, the message on growth and fruitfulness. This book is called Protection from Deception by Derek Prince. Amen. Get this book. I'm sure you all remember I have referred to this book a number of times. Last week I was going to recommend it, but I forgot. And I have recommended it previously in my in, in, in the teachings, you know, that we did, especially in the growth and fulfillment But buy this book and read it. Amen. You understand why you had to read this book in 2021. Believe you me. You understand why buy this book and that's why i started off this year with this teaching very important how to read and study the bible and protection from deception by Derek prince i I i've read this book several times every now and then i I just take and read it. It, it it has very few pages about 63 pages just 63 pages so this is not unnerving for any newcomer I mean, 64 pages, you'll be able to be done quickly. I mean, when you take this book, you'll be able to finish it that quickly. Very easy to absorb. Get it, amen. I'm sure it's very cheap on Kindle or if you want to buy it on Amazon. Hard copy. I'm sure it's cheap. I'm very sure it's less than $10. Amen. So please buy this book. This book will be a blessing to you. Amen. All right, back to back to this. Um... It's important, like I said, for us to treat this subject, especially when it comes to knowing Christ. Because one of the ways by which we will know Christ is through reading the Bible. I think we've established that over the past um, few weeks as we've entered into this month. And uh, we started off with a discourse that Jesus had with a certain lawyer who came to Jesus asking, How do I obtain eternal life? And Jesus asked him just two questions. It's very powerful. What is written in the law? And what is your reading of it? I find that funny. Why didn't Jesus say, how does it read? Or what is the reading of it? No, but he said, what is your reading of it? So the lawyer's hate that he had for someone who was not a Jew was based on how he read the Bible. And you have to understand that deception can be self-perpetuated. How you read the Bible will determine your understanding or misunderstanding of it and it will affect your application. And that is what happened to this man. So based on that, we've, we talked about two readers. Those who read their meaning into scripture and those who also allow scriptures to interpret scriptures. Also for you, are welcome. Thank you, sir. And we also looked at the goal 
of reading the Bible, the end goal. Why do we read the Bible? We read the Bible to become like Christ. That's all. The Bible is not for mental stimulation. It's good that one, one effect of reading the Bible is that you learn how to quote scriptures. And that's perfect. But that is not the end goal of reading the Bible. The end goal of reading the Bible is we become like Christ. Christ becomes formed in us. So one of the questions we have to ask ourselves is that ever since we started reading the Bible, are we growing into the image of Christ? Is Christ being formed in us? With that, we can really say that then our Bible reading is of much profit. Amen. And we looked at some scriptures in James chapter 1 and 2 Timothy chapter 2. That's especially 2 Timothy chapter 2, where it talks about the hardworking farmer should first and foremost be the partaker of the crops. You see, before you have the opportunity to share your faith with someone, make sure you have taken this meal, eaten it, and it has produced results in your life. Then you can share the word. It makes your witness credible and effective. And we talked about a, a, a healthy posture of receiving the word, which we saw in James 1, which is to receive it with meekness. And one posture is that when we receive the word, we must have the mind that we are going to practice it. Because the Bible says that when we practice this word, we will be blessed in all that we do. That's in James chapter 1, verse 21 to 25. We also went ahead to establish who the author of the scriptures is. I think that is also very important. The author of the scriptures is the Holy Spirit. 40 authors from Genesis to Revelation are listed through the Bible. But the express author is the Holy Spirit. He spoke through Paul, spoke through Moses, spoke through David, spoke through Solomon. And that's why the scriptures were written. Amen. And so the Bible is seen as a spirit-inspired book, a spirit-breathed book. It was inspired by the breath of the Spirit. With that, we went on to week two, and we looked at a scripture in uh, Matthew, I believe, or Mark. No, it must be Mark. Mark, I believe. Mark chapter 7, where Jesus says that because of your traditions... You've made the word of God of no effect. That can only happen to a Bible reader who is not cognizant of the authorship of the Holy Spirit. When you are not cognizant of the authorship of the Holy Spirit, you read the Bible with a traditional mindset and you will neutralize the power of God. You see, reading the Bible with a traditional mindset will not only make you err, it will also make you lose the transforming effects of the word of God changing you. You see, the, the difference between a book, this book, and a Bible is just one. Book inform, Bible transforms. It's totally difference. See, this book cannot transform me. This book can inform me But this Bible, it does more than informing. It transforms. And that is the power that is behind the word. The transformative power. 
because when we read this book, this book will help us to have crisis ideals, crisis virtues, and virtually Christ will be formed in us. So that is the difference between a book and a Bible. And, and for you to experience that benefit, that power that is vested behind the scriptures, you have to appreciate the Holy Spirit. And we learned that. And um, John chapter 5, verse 39 to 40, last week we learned that when we read the scriptures, the scriptures will give us an accurate portrayal of our Lord and Savior. And when we read John chapter 5, verse 39, it was a perfect example. Jesus says that you guys are looking for eternal life, thinking you will find it in the scriptures. But these scriptures, they testify of me. Me. It testifies of me. So whenever we read the scriptures, we are reading of the testimonies of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. With that in mind, we looked at five rules of reading the Bible. And one of our contributors encapsulated that beautifully. It will not be a crime for me to repeat it again. One, be mindful of the major covenants. Excuse me. There are many covenants in the Bible. And when we are talking about the covenants, we are basically talking about the old and the New Testaments. These are the major covenants. Amen. Number two, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. And the Old Testament is the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So you need both testaments to really understand the Bible very well. Especially when you want to form a doctrine. When you want to form a doctrine, you don't just form a doctrine from just one testament of the Bible. Try and look at both testaments to get a balanced view. And then based on that, you'll be able to form a doctrine. Amen. So if you want to form a doctrine on holiness, don't just look at all the scriptures in the New Testament to form a doctrine on holiness. It needs be that you will look into the Old Testament so that you'll be able to have a fair balanced a fair balanced view approach understanding on the subject of holiness look at it in its totality look at it at its entirety then based on that you'll be able to strike a balance in the middle and form a doctrine of holiness amen i remember i was listening to a well-known preacher very well known and he said that he he just recently the new testament and it's Acts to Revelation. They just read it, Acts to Revelation. That, that's all. Acts to Revelation. Acts to Revelation. Acts to Revelation. He starts Acts, Romans, first Corinthians, Corinthians. He reads Acts to Revelation. Once as soon as he continues Acts to Revelation. You know, and when he was standing, I'm like, wow, that's a very dangerous way to understand the Bible. Amen. It's quite popular as a huge church. And sometimes when I listen to some of his sermons, I'm like, I, I understand the errors. Amen. <laughs> I understand the errors. But, but you have to read the whole testament, okay? Don't wish testamental wars. Sometimes that is one of the biggest mistakes of new creation, new testament, uh, grace preachers, you know. Sometimes they tend to wage a lot of, you know, what I call testamental wars. Amen. And, and that's not good. Amen. Old Testament is very important. It's as important as the new. 
Because without the Old Testament, you can't understand the New. Amen. You can't understand the New. And it's vice versa. So let's do that. Number three, both Testaments are needed, need to be read to understand the Bible accurately. Number four, don't force understanding to a scripture. And I quoted 1 John chapter 2, verse 20 to 27. Very important. When you read a scripture and when you don't understand it, please don't force understanding. If you force understanding, you will be in error. Believe you me. And I can say that from personal experience. And last week, I gave you a lot of practical personal experiences. Amen. Number five, take your time and be patient before coming to a conclusion. I've made that mistake before and I don't intend to make that mistake again. Take your time. Be patient before coming to a conclusion. All right. So don't, you know, take your time. Take your time. Be prayerful. And one of the scriptures we quoted was Luke chapter 2, verse 36, 38. We, we just looked at the principle. Okay. Anna, the Bible lets her know that she fasted and prayed believing for the consolation of Israel, who was Jesus Christ. And when she saw the consolation of Israel, she was like, this is the one. This is the one. You see, Anna lived in the temple. And during those days in the temple, I believe she had seen hundreds and probably thousands of babies. But because she was fasting and praying for the consolation of Israel, when she saw this baby, she didn't just see this baby, or oh, this is a baby of a parishioner. She saw that this is the consolation of Israel. See, so we have to be prayerful to come to a conclusion. Don't just jump to a conclusion. Amen. And that, that will help us. So today, let's shift gears. And let's, let's talk on the subject of studying. All right. So let's read our text for today. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Before that, who has any question? Does anybody have a question on our recap? Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. I normally read from the New King James, but I'm going to take this from the King James Version first. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So now who is speaking to who? This is Paul, who is a pastor or an apostle, if I should say so. He was an apostle speaking to Timothy, who was a fellow minister and his spiritual son. And he was advising Timothy that Timothy... You got to study. And what was he telling him to study? The Bible. You've got to study the Bible and be approved unto God. And you, you be not, and remember that you're a workman. You're a laborer. Don't need to be ashamed. You should be able to rightly and skillfully divide the word of truth. Now, <clears throat> the word study in the Greek, it means to exert oneself, to endeavor, or to be diligent. You see, this word study in the Greek, it appears 21 times. Oh, sorry, 11 times. 11 times in the New Testament, not 21. 11 times. It appears 11 times. One of the scriptures you will see is in Ephesians 4 verse 3. 
The Bible says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. You see, that word endeavoring there is the same Greek word for study. All right. And then if you do remember 2 Peter chapter 1, our, our, our verse that we use for um, the growth and fruitfulness series. The Bible says that we should be diligent to make our calling and our election sure. I believe we all remember that scripture. That word diligence there is the same Greek word for study. Amen. So it means to exert yourself, to endeavor or be diligent. And it has appears 11 times. I think the first time it appears is in Galatians. Amen. And you see it there. So go ahead to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 again. And this time I want to read it in New King James Version. I normally use New King James, so now I'm going to read it in the version that I normally use for preaching. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So from this version, studying the Bible requires diligence. So right here, you see why Christians don't study the Bible. Because studying the Bible is not a pastime. It's not hobby. You understand, you know, we all have, oh, my, my pastime is how I, use, I want to do to pastime or my downtime. Studying the Bible is not a downtime. Studying the Bible is diligence. It's hard work. Anything that you have to be diligent means it involves labor. It's laborious. It's hard work. There's the reason why many Christians don't study the Bible. It's not a pastime. It's not a downtime. It's not a hobby. It is labor. It is work. So why don't Christians study the Bible? This is the reason. It's work. And when we are indisposed to labor, we will never ever study the Bible. There are many lazy Christians who are prone to deception because they don't study. Now, you might think this only applies to ministers. Let me show you a scripture in Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17, verse 10 to 12. Acts chapter 17, verse 10 to 12. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. So now, for you to understand this, you have to look at the first nine verses. Apostle Paul went to Thessalonica to go and start a church and when he went he went to the synagogue of the jews and he spent three sabbaths so probably that it suffices to say apostle paul probably spent three weeks there so three sabbaths and preached at the synagogue of the jews but when he preached the word it was the greeks who were there that gave their life to christ not the jews per se and the Bible lets us know that the Jews, they went to go and assault one guy called Jason. You know, I don't even see the correlation between Jason's house and the synagogue of the Jews. But probably, Jason might probably be hosting Paul 
or he might be instrumental in Paul having that influence in Thessalonica. You know, and, and, and you know, that's where that phrase came. The, the people who have turned the world upside down have also come here. You know, so they assaulted Jason and, you know, like, we don't want the word of God being preached here in Thessalonica. And then the brethren in Thessalonica, they sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. So do you understand? So that's where we start off now from verse 10. Now the Bible lets us know that when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. So they went into Berea and there was also a synagogue there that was for the gathering of the Jews. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. So it's talking about the Jews. These people think were more receptive to the gospel. That was the Jews. The Jews in Berea. And they were more fair-minded. Fair-minded means they were just and they, they didn't have any prejudice. They, they, were, they were unbiased, you know, very just people. In that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women and men as well, believe the gospel. So this attitude of studiosity and diligence also has to be seen in the church pews, not only on those that occupy the pulpits, but in the church pews. These Bereans, like I said, they were known to be just, very unprejudiced, and there are two great attitudes that the church we can adopt. Now, as I'm talking about this, I'm just remembering Pastor Jessica's message. So I'm probably just repeating myself because she said a lot of these things um, the, the previous Sunday. They received the word with all readiness. That's the first thing. You know, and this word readiness means with zeal, with eagerness. They were inclined one of the ways that you receive the word of all readiness is you, you come to church ready to write a note. You have your pen and your notebook. Or if you can type on your phone or type on your iPad, you also have that ready. I remember the first time I made one Christian brother preach. Today he's a pastor. That was an ICC London branch in UK. Today he's a, he's a pastor doing very well. And he preached very well. This was his first time. He preached very, very well. I must have been very impressed with everything. And I was telling him, well done and everything. But he told me something that struck me. He said he was very shy. And when he stood there to preach, he said when he prayed and when he said amen, and he saw that I had took my iPad about to type like, Oh, wow. So, Pastor Steve is going to write what I see. He's interested in my sermon. He said it just gave him some desire and some zeal to just preach out because he was just looking at my readiness. Like, this man preaches to me every Sunday and he has taken his iPad because I was sitting in the front seat and he's coming to write notes. Like, is he coming to write what, like, I'm, I'm preaching? Is he coming to... 
write what I say. Like, it gave him some zeal to pray. And that, he was telling me that. Like, I'm like, oh, wow. So I, I, I was blessed by that. But he's a great preacher. He's a great preacher. He's doing very well. Amen. Receive the word with all readiness. Receiving the word with all readiness, it pulls something out of the preacher. When you are preaching, you are very susceptible to atmospheres. You are receptive to atmospheres. I have not happened to preach only in my local church. I've been privileged to preach in other churches. And sometimes the huge difference can be atmosphere. That's why there are some pastors who like to take a lot of speaking engagements. Because atmosphere can be a very, very big factor and how people receive the word. So, one thing that we cannot adopt is be ready to receive the word. Be, be zealousness, eagerness. Be awake. These Jews were unjust and they were more they were they were they were just, I'm sorry, and they were unprejudiced than the Jews in Thessalonica. They were ready to receive Paul's word. The, the Thessalonica, in Thessalonica, it was only the Greeks that were prepared to receive God's word, but the Jews were not. But here is a different story. The Jews, rather, in Berea, were prepared to receive God's word. Readiness. So, church, what we can adopt here is that we should receive the word with readiness. Be eager, zealous. Number two, they search the scriptures daily to ascertain the truth of the message preached. I bet you, if this attitude is prevalent in churches today, false doctrines will cease. I guarantee you. Like if you all do remember, I think it's during the Growth and Fruitfulness series. I was, I was actually studying, preparing, and I reached a certain place. I thought of a question. I'm like, nah, because at that time I was tired. My, my brain was even tired. I'm like, no, I can't think about this. And I don't think anybody will ask me this question. This is what I said to myself. I don't think anybody will ask me this question. So let me just teach what I'm going to teach on, on, on our midweek Bible study. And probably later in my downtime, I'll, I'll search into this thing very well. Then when I said Q&A, who has any questions? Pastor Jessica was the first person that raised up her hand. And she asked the question. When she asked the question, I was saying to myself, oh, this person, she's too troublesome. So I just said, next week. Thank God that when she asked the question, it was 7.59. I just said, oh, time is up. I'll answer you guys next week. But I must be honest, I had no answer. And I had thought about it earlier. You, you know what I'm I had thought about it earlier. But I said to myself, nobody will ask me this question. And nobody will ask me this question. I'm like, oh, this girl, she's very troublesome. Next week, next week, I'll give you the answer. And you should come and see how I was praying. I was praying a lot. I said, Lord, next week, oh, next week, I have to go and answer this question. You have to go... And you know, through much study and by the Spirit's inspiration, I even had a deeper understanding. I've forgotten which question, but it's the growth and fruit. I remember it's the growth and fruitfulness series. 
she asked a difference, the difference between something and something. You know, because I thought about it when I was teaching them. I thought about it. Like, hmm, I'm sure there is a difference. You know what? Nobody will ask me this question. I'll stick a pen here and I will re I'll revisit this in my pastime because studying sometimes can make your brain tired. And the question was asked. So it forced me to study. It forced me to study. It forced me to pray. It forced me to rely on God. And thanks, thanks be to God, by Wednesday, I had an answer. <laughs> by Wednesday, I had an answer. And I remember that answer even didn't come to Tuesday night. There is a lot of section. Amen. So, if we have this attitude of searching the scriptures daily, and I pray, may this be a feature in ICC. I really pray. May this be a feature in ICC. In ICC UK, there were two young men who always asked me questions, and it blesses my heart. It blesses my heart. You know, sometimes I'm, some, some people say that, oh, pastor, he doesn't talk on phone for long. When he talks, hello, how are you? You know, because my conversation is very short, I'm done. But when I'm talking to these two young men, I can be on the phone with them for hours because they ask me questions about the Bible and I just get excited. Just get excited. We open up the scriptures, explain the scriptures. I'll give them context. I'll give them background. All these things take a lot of time. And I'm also passionate about it. You know? And I was blessed. They ask me questions. Pastor, when you were saying this, you said this. What does this mean? What does that mean? But I thought the Bible said, I just get excited. Okay, let's open the scriptures. So, so I opened the scriptures. They were just two, two, two young guys. I was blessed. Today, when I read the scripture, I remembered them. Search the scriptures. Don't say, Pastor Steve said, search the scriptures. See, that's why they were fair minded. They were just. Search the scriptures. I pray that studiosity and that diligence will come upon church members. Many things will cease. I do remember in my former church in UK, before I became a pastor in ICC, in a former church, I was a sound controller, you know. That's why I know how to do all these sound control things and let's do sound record the messages. That's it. That's all. I was not doing prayer. What, no, I wasn't leading anything. I was not doing Bible study. None of that. Just sound controller at the back of the church. That's why I sat. But my pastor, he always said this to his people, his leaders. Whenever I am preparing a sermon to preach, I think of y'all. You know, because I'm, I'm called Yao. I was born on Thursday. You know, Ghanaians, if you know. So, why? Because after church, I'll ask him a question. I'll ask him a question. Pastor, so what does this mean? How do you correlate this scripture with blah, blah, blah? Help me to understand it more. Yada, yada, yada. You know, I'm trying to put two and two together. Just ask questions. And he always said it. So whatever. And our church was quite big. Pastor Chris has even visited that church before when I was there. We were quite big. We were about 300 members. And 300 members say, whenever I'm preparing a sermon, 
I think of you. Because if I preach and if I don't dot my I's and cross my T's, he is going to come to the office on Monday. And I, I will. Not to challenge him, just want to understand. Inquiring minds want to know. Help me to understand the Bible better. Help me to connect the dots of the Bible better. That's all. So let's learn that. When you learn that, it will put us on our toes. Amen. So church members, receive the word with all readiness and learn how to search the scriptures daily. And how do you search the scriptures? You search the scriptures by studying. And then what followed was many believed. And you know why many believed? Many believed because they found Paul's word to be credible. They did not just believe because of the eloquence of the preacher. They did not just believe because of the swag of the preacher. They believed because the word that Paul was preaching was credible and they had searched the scriptures. That is a studious attitude. That, that, that comes from diligence. So, ladies and gentlemen, I pray that may our church be a studious and a diligent church that we will not just accept the word because Pastor Steve just said it, but we will search, we will search just to ascertain the truth of the word, you know, and then we'll believe. Let's do that. Amen. And God will bless us. So from what we've seen, Study requires commitment and hard work, which is diligence. So, studying is not a game. Studying is not a pastime. It's not a downtime. It is work. You have to carve time aside and be prepared to labor in the word. It's work. Amen. Because if you don't do that, you will not be protected from deception. Amen. So let's read the rest of the scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So from this, let me talk about why do we study? Why do we study? So now we've seen that study means to be diligent, to exert yourself, to endeavor. All these is efforts, it's labor. So now, why do we study? Number one, we study to be approved unto God. Now, this word approved has a very interesting Greek word. It means dokimos. And what does dokimos mean? It means to be properly accepted as of metals and coins. That was why this word was particularly used because during the ancient world, the ancient world, particularly in Athens, there was a problem with counterfeit money made of coins. You know, there was nothing like notes. You know, it's not like legal tender. All the money were coins. And the difference between a counterfeit and a legal coin was the weight of the coin. You know, because when they prepare the coins, you normally have to shave the edges so that it will become smooth, you know. And when you shave it too much, it becomes light. You know, coins have to have a certain kind of weight. So for people to differentiate between 
a legal coin and then a counterfeit coin was the weight of the coin, you know. And during those times, there were many crooked um, money changers, very, very crooked. If, I, if you read it, it was said that in, during one year, Athens passed about 81 laws just to protect, you know, the circulation of counterfeit money. But among such people were men of integrity and men of honor who will not accept counterfeit money, but they will only accept full weight money in circulation. Those guys were called documents. And that is where we get that term documents for. So we have to be documents by God, approved unto God. We have to be accepted by God, just like God will take his time to select carefully between counterfeit and legal coins. We have to be approved unto God. And one of the ways we are approved unto God is by studying. Look, it is better to be approved unto God than to be applauded by men. Don't love to be applauded by men. It is better for God to say amen to your preaching than men saying amen to your preaching. You have to be approved unto God. This same word approved is, can be found in James 1.12 where the Bible says that blessed is the man you know, that's able to endure all trials, blah, blah, blah. He shall receive the crown of life because he has been approved, something like that. It's the same, same word there. We have to be approved unto God. And how are we approved unto God? When we study. We have to study. Amen. So we study so that we'll be approved unto God. Number two, you will have no cause to be ashamed. If the Bible said that study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed. See, that whole phrase, needed not to be ashamed, is all, all one Greek word. You know, you have no cause to be ashamed. When you study, you will not be ashamed. And shame will come to those who don't study. You know, anytime you cannot defend basic and fundamental truths of God's word, you claim you believe. Shame will be your portion. When God doesn't approve of you, shame will be your portion. Not knowing the word of God causes you to be susceptible to voices which can ruin you in shame. It is one of the most powerful weapons of the enemy. It's called shame. And when I remember shame, I always think of Samson. His battle was not against Delilah. Even though Delilah caused his hair to be cut, his eyes to be gouged out, his battle was not against the Philistines. Even though they made him a grinder, his battle was against shame. Can you imagine a judge who's been a judge for 20 years, being in such a condition, and then being put in the temple of the god Dagon, or Dagon, however they pronounce it, and being ridiculed, and being jested, and being mocked at. That is shame right there. It's one of the powerful weapons of the enemy. But thank God that Samson's hair grew again. When I, when I read that story, Judges chapter 16, I think of how we will be able to overcome shame, and Samson did. 
It's a good story. Thank God that he didn't he didn't just succumb to the enemy because his head was his head, his, his eyes were gashed out, his hair was cut, but he overcame shame. And the Bible lets us know that he killed more people on that day than in his lifetime as 20 years as a judge. So one of the weapons the devil uses against believers is shame. And shame will come at our door when we don't take time to study the Bible. Because by the time the devil will take you on a rendezvous, because you have been deceived, because you don't know the word, because you are not painstakingly taking time to study the word, by the time he finishes with you and takes you on his rendezvous, the destination he will drop you at, one of the destinations will definitely be shame. So study the word of God so that you will not be ashamed. And God has to approve of you. If God doesn't approve of you, Shame will be your portion, definitely. Amen. And number three, the third reason why we have to study the word of God is to rightly divide the word of truth. Now, this phrase, rightly divide, drops the idea of cutting to make straight and smooth. So, it means to cut to make straight and smooth. It means to handle a right. So when we talk about rightly dividing the word, it means to teach the truth in God's word correctly and directly. And let me also use this word, accurately. So it means to teach the truth in God's word correctly, directly, and let me add this word, accurately. I can compare this. When I think about this, I can compare this to a surgeon cutting with his scalpel to either heal or to make something correct about your body. That, that is what teaching, real biblical gospel teaching is like. When you teach the word of God, it's, it's because you want to teach the truth in God's word correctly, directly, and accurately. And when I, when I, when I, when I see this, a typical example is Luke chapter 24. That was my first message of the year we preached. We, we, we talked about, I preached, sorry. You, you didn't preach it. I preached it. That was the first message. And, and what, what did we talk about? We talked about um, Jesus expounding the scriptures to the two people. Which one of those uh, disciples was called Cleopas? He expounded the scriptures. And what does it mean to expound? To stick close. That means Jesus let the scripture interpret the scripture. You see, that, that is teaching the word of God correctly, directly, and accurately. And that's why we need to. So that when people have questions, your friends have questions, family members have questions, your neighbor has a question, your work colleague has a question, any pressing question concerning a faith issue, you'll be able to skillfully and intelligently give them an answer because you have taken time to study the word. Amen. Now let's look at the Amplified Classic Edition of this verse. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. You know, there are two different kinds of Amplified versions. There is the Normal amplified version, but it's the amplified AMPC, amplified classic. 
Study and be eager and do your utmost to present yourself to God, approved, tested by trial, a workman who has no cause to be ashamed, correctly analyzing and accurately dividing, rightly handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. You see, so when you study the word, you will correctly analyze, accurately divide, and rightly handle and skillfully teach the word of truth. So from this verse, skill is born out of study. When you can masterfully present the word by his spirit to your audience. So skill is born out of study. And one skill you have is that you are able to masterfully explain the word lucidly to your audience that they will get it. And of course, by the endowment of the Holy Spirit upon you, you'll be able to do justice to that. So we will stop here. And then next week, we will now look at how to study the Bible. Today, I just talked about the subject of studying the Bible and we looked at why should we study the Bible. Next week, we will look at how to. Amen. No, next week is our fasting. I'm sorry. I just remembered. Next week is our fasting and prayer. So we will not do that. So the next Wednesday after, that will probably be 5th February if I'm right. If I'm right. So probably 5th February, we'll pick up this series and we'll start on how to study the Bible. Next week, we'll be praying. Amen. Um, Fasting and prayer. Pastor Deska, of course, will be leading on Wednesday. So we'll be praying. So... That's what we'll be doing. So we'll end here. But before next two weeks, invest in a good study Bible. If you don't have one, please do. All right. Invest in a good study Bible. Just yesterday, I was on phone with a pastor for two hours. And he was talking to me that he has resigned from his church as an associate pastor to go and start a church. The head pastor is going to start a church. He's telling me any advice. I believe it's from God anyway. And when he told me, I could feel that. And I told him, one advice I'll give to you is that I invest in a good study Bible. Start to study the word. Because now you are shifting from an associate to a senior pastor. You, and I was telling him that within the first two to three years, you will have to be preaching almost every Sunday. Every Sunday. You, you, can't, you can't do that if you are going to just inspire people. You also have to have information. You have to study the Bible. Invest in a good study Bible. That's what I advise I give to him. So, invest in a good study Bible. Amen? Invest. Buy a good study Bible. If you don't have one, please get one. Because that's how we will start to study. Amen? Invest in a good study Bible. I end here next two weeks. We'll talk on how to study the Bible. Amen. Who has any questions? I'm done. Okay. So let's. So, what do you think somebody should do? Does it matter, pastor or not pastor? If they're reading scripture. And they come across a verse, they're praying about it, but they still don't get it. What 
is your recommendation? All right. Um, we, we went through the five points last week. Pray, um, be prayerful. Just take your time. Just be patient. Patience have to come in here. Yeah, so just be patient. Just be patient. Don't, don't rush it. Sometimes it has even taken me years to understand the scripture. Not even weeks. Yes. Just be patient. Amen. And that's what I was going to ask you too. Because yeah. it's taken me... Some things have taken me years. I, yeah. I don't... I mean, you know, sometimes there's things that you just don't really yeah. grasp. Or they don't still fit well. And you're trying to figure it out. Yeah. So keep praying about it. One of the one of the general advice I also give is that you can also see someone who is quite matured in the faith, who has a good standing in the faith, who you know has a very um, good grasp of the scriptures, and I probably ask the person the question. That too can help. Number two, you can also look for some very good books on that subject you are dealing with. Buy it, and then read it. That will also help. So those those are all my recommendations. But personally, this is just personal. I'm not talking about generally. Personally, what I do is that I'll just wait. I'll just wait. And when I get a confirm, I'll definitely get a confirmation. That's for sure. The expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off. I'll definitely get a res- an answer. When I get an answer, then I'll see an elder. This is my personal. So I'm not saying all of you should do it. This is what I do. I'll, I'll see an elder, ask the person. And when I talk about elder, I'm talking about someone who has quite a good grasp of the Bible, matured in the faith, has a good standing in, in the faith. I'll ask the person uh, just to compare whether what I heard is it from the Holy Spirit. And, and like I said, 90% of the time, there is a correlation. Amen. 90%. I won't say 100 90% of the time, that's a correlation. So, excuse me, that's what I'll do. Amen. But aside that, you can, if, if, if you are just waiting, you've been waiting and waiting, get a book. Sometimes you will get some very good authors. Who may, what you are struggling with, it might be documented in a book. Find it by, read it. That will help. Or ask someone who has quite a good standing in the faith too. That also helps. Amen. Has any question? Do we all understand? Please unmute yourselves and let me all hear you. Do you all understand? I want to know whether you understand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we did. Okay. Alright, so it's two minutes. Can one person summarize what they've learned today and then we pray? And please don't play delay tactics. Alright, Let, let's just go. Who will sum up just in one minute, then we go. Because everybody says they understand. So what do you understand? Okay, so uh, that we need 
to be diligent in studying the word and um, we also have to be ready to receive um, God's word, be inclined to hear and receive. Um, and it requires us to exert ourselves. It's, it's work, so it's, it requires exertion. Um, what else? I mean, you went through a review, so I don't know if you want me to go through that, but and you did the review um, um, from last week. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed the Berea. I, I always like them a lot when it comes to studying scripture and knowing scripture. The city of Berea, they're, they were interesting people. So I like the word fair-minded. That's my favorite word, yeah, fair-minded. It's hard to find people that are fair-minded and um, it's good. I think we should also be fair-minded when it comes to many things. So even when we are talking to others, we should be fair-minded of what they are saying, and then that way we're better able to break it down to them when we are also receiving what they are saying. So it's important. Amen. All right. We're done. So assignments. Get this book, Protection from Deception. Invest in a good study Bible if you don't have one. And please listen to Pastor Jessica's message before next week Sunday. Knowing Christ in community. It's a very good message. Amen. Pastor Robert, you unmuted yourself. Do you want to say something? Yes, I had a question on the book. So I see one with a green cover, not a blue one. Oh, okay. Is it written by Derek Prince? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Probably it might be the one. Maybe send me the link and let me see. Maybe. All right. Good night, guys. Have a blessed evening. Enjoy the rest of the week. God willing, we shall meet on Sunday. May the Lord bless and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and may he be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance above you and may he give you peace. Amen. Good night, guys. Love you.